that D2 shit, you know? Yeah, freshman 10. This shit making me feel old, damn. I gotta go back to old 10 when the best car I rode in was an old Benz and new enemies were still old friends. Honestly, I think it was around 09 the time I got the double XL cosign. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It will definitely mean a lot to me. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers, so anything would help, man. Anything would help. But here's where we'll start. So right now, the Hawks have a 1-0 lead over the Bucks in the NBA playoffs. I, you know, so I know there's a game tonight, but hey, it is what it is. And I guess you can say this is kind of overreact. Like, first and foremost, let me. T- we have to. Dis- we have to talk about how how surprising that this Hawks run is. First and foremost, at the Haw- at the All Star break this season, the Hawks were below five hundred. They had a coach. That coach got out of there, or they they fired the coach because the players didn't want to. Uh, didn't I guess didn't like the way he was coaching. They got him coach out of there. They brought Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan has been fired from a couple, uh, like, I mean, a couple places. So, I mean, I, I remember he was gone from Indiana. Like, he's been, he's been, he's been up and outed a couple places. But, again, at All-Star break, they were below 500. Since then, they were, you know, made it to the playoffs. <laughs> they beat the Knicks, the surging Knicks now that, I mean, if you really look at the Knicks, yeah, you had Julius Randle, but, you know, the Knicks, where the Knicks struggle at the most is where the Hawks thrive at, which is the Knicks can't really score the ball that much, but the Hawks can most definitely with Trey Young and all the pieces. So then they beat the 76ers, the 76ers that a lot of people, including myself, thought that they were good enough to beat, to, to, to go all the way to the NBA Finals. And now they're up one game against the 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 Milwaukee Bucks and two-time MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, while I'm shooting this Friday morning slash, I mean, no, Friday afternoon slash evening. So the game hasn't started yet. So I don't know if the, if the, if the series will be tied. I don't know if the Hawks would be up to, Oh, I don't know. But like I said, you're starting to see a lot of, I think a lot of overreactions. First and foremost, the first overreaction is, Trey Young is the best point guard in the East. Well, first and foremost, before I I, I I talk about Trey Young as far as what he is and what he isn't, Trey Young is the heart and soul of this Atlanta Hawks team. Again, before the all or at the All Star break, they were below five hundred, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals with a lead, and. This is kind of like this team, the Hawks team will not be the Hawks team if it wasn't for Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young, it's it's not just his scoring. Because if you really want to look at it, Trey Young isn't the best three-point shooter uh, as far as percentages. Of course, he can shoot from deep. Um, he can shoot off the dribble and everything. But he's not the greatest three-point shooter because of the sheer volume in which he shoots him. However, what his talent is, is getting his uh, his teammates involved. His, his 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 court vision, his assist, like his ability to assist the ball, that is where he shines at the most. And 
the Hawks, while he could be a really good scorer, the Hawks would not be where they are if it wasn't for his assist or his his ability to get his teammates involved. And with that being said, man, I'm hearing people saying he's the best point guard in the East. I'm hearing people say he's a top five point guard uh, in the league. I'm like, hold on now. And and this is I'm not here to bash bash um, Trey Young. The Hawks have a really good chance of making it to the NBA final. I mean, there's only four teams left, but they deserve to be here. It's not you know how some people may like oh they it was a fluke. No, the Hawks deserve to be here. They did what they had to do against the Knicks. They did what they had to do against Philly. They deserve to be here. But to say Trey Young is the best guard, best point guard in the East is crazy to me. When you have James Harden, who a lot of people consider as a point guard, when you have uh, Russell Westbrook, who's in the East, when you have Kyrie Irving, who's in the East, I just chill out, okay? Chill out. Now, now he did just drop 48 in, in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, which was crazy. And let's talk about those 48 points. Now, a lot of people are going to look at Drew Holiday's game and say, yo, Drew Holiday had a really good game. He had a 30-point game. Uh, he, was, he was pretty good. But <laughs> here's the thing about NBA players, especially incredibly skilled offensive NBA players. You're going to have to scheme around them. There's You can't just put somebody on, uh, on a good offensive player and think, that it's just going to go the way that you think it's gonna, like you're just going to stop them. That just doesn't happen. Hell, we're going to talk about it in a second, but you can see in game game 3 of the Western Conference Finals, they did every the Clippers did everything in their power to scheme their way to stop Devin Booker. And we'll talk about it in a second, but you're not I don't care I don't care who is a a, a, a a all NBA defensive player. If you don't scheme to stop Trey Young, I don't care if you put Scottie Pippen on him. He is going to drop 48 on your head. I think the Bucks have to do a better job in first of all helping Drew Holiday. Yes, Drew Holiday is an incredible defender, but this is an offensive league. This is a off like the time that we're living in is offensive as far as basketball. So, yeah, man, <laughs> Drew Holiday was having a tough time. Drew Holiday was having a tough time. And that is yet another game that Chris Middleton was subpar. Chris Middleton is starting to be one of those players where, you know, it's it's Chris Middleton is an incredible, an incredible player, first of all. He's an all-star. But the reason why you can't put him, he has all the skill sets to be a, a star or or a superstar. He has the skill set. The problem is he's just so inconsistent that it's hard for you, it's hard to say he's a superstar or it's hard to say he's a star because you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, look at Chris Middleton when when they played against uh, last round against Brooklyn. One game, him and Giannis couldn't couldn't. I think it was game three. They couldn't miss. I think they had like 31 points in the first half. Like. Both of them were killing Brooklyn in game three. Then the next game, he was struggling. Then the game after that, he had 30. This game, uh, or game one in the Eastern Conference Finals, Chris Middleton was was garbage. And it's just like, 
with a team with a young team and a team with momentum, like because first and foremost, nobody expected Atlanta to be here outside of Atlanta. Nobody thought that Atlanta was good enough to beat a a a runner up for the MVP, runner up defensive player of the year, and three or two. Three all defensive players. Nobody thought that the Atlanta Hawks that had no all stars, no all NBA players, no all defensive players. Nobody thought that they were going to beat for the number one seed in the Philadelphia 76ers. So the fact that you have that, so their confidence is at an all time high. Their momentum is at an all time high. And you're going up against uh you're you're going up against a a supreme star a supreme player offensively as Trey Young, the last thing you want to do is is let them ride that momentum. And that's what the 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 Bucks did. And you're yes, Giannis Giannis is gonna be Giannis, but we need to see if this is a trend. What we saw the Hawks do is what is how teams have beaten the Bucks in the future. They walled up, you know, John Collins, Clint Capella, they didn't let Giannis just now, Giannis did have some easy buckets, but didn't let Giannis just, you know, dribble back to the three-point line, uh, gear up, and then run straight to it. Like, they walled up. They made Giannis do jump shots and stuff. Now, Giannis did have a 30-piece, a 30 but it wasn't an easy 30-point game because, like I said, you saw the Philadelphia do it back, in, uh, back a couple years ago. You saw Toronto do it. They just wall up Giannis. Now, one thing I will say is this. I, I guess I started with a quote unquote hate. I don't know. I think that we're seeing. I could be in a prisoner of the moment, but I think that we're starting to see Trey Young go from that star status to superstar status. People ask, what's the difference between an all star, a star, and a superstar? An all star is a player that, you know, they're having a good season. They're, they're, they're good players. So every player in the league is good as far as they're good enough to make it to the league. But in league standards, you're a good player. You're, you're you might be having a really good season. Uh, you're a good player. Like CJ McCollum is an all-star. See, nobody questions how good CJ McCollum, like CJ McCollum is an all-star. He's not a star. He's not a superstar. Victor Oladipo, uh, before the injury, I mean, like after the injuries and everything, he's an all-star. Not really a superstar. Definitely not a. I mean, definitely not a superstar. Not really. Not really a star. Then you have the stars. You ha- uh, stars are players that they can win you some games, but they can't. But they're not consistent enough to be considered like top tier. Like. Mm. A person that we argue a lot about is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a star, but I and I, I I made a mistake in saying he was a superstar a couple episodes ago. But no, he's a star. He's not as consistent on the offensive side, and he he can carry a team defensively, but he can't really carry a team offensively. So Jimmy Butler is a star. Um, who's another star? Clay Thompson is a star, not a superstar, but a star. Draymond Green's a star, you know. Then you have the superstar. Superstar is a small, small, small uh, 
has a small population size in the NBA. Those are the players that any get night in, night out, you know what they're going to give you. You know that they're going to give you your best. They can have some off games, but you know that they're going to give you their best. They're going to give you um they're going to give you a performance. You know, the Stephs, the 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 LeBrons, KDs, James Harden, um I'm not going to name all the superstars. Damian Lillard, like these are superstars. And I'm starting to think, I could be off, but what I've seen in these playoffs, you know, how he controlled the series against the Knicks, how we controlled even, even, and that's the thing, a superstar can have a bad game, but can, can still lead to a win. Usually, if an all-star has a bad game, they like, yeah, it's. Like Tobias Harris. If Tobias Harris has a bad game and he's the main person, yeah, you're going to lose that game. You're going to lose that game. Ben, like, But a superstar, if a superstar has a bad game, we've seen LeBron James uh, have several bad shooting games, but because of his ability to, uh, to get other people involved, because of his defensive ability, they're able to win because he can affect the 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 game in another like he can affect the game in another way. Giannis is a superstar. Giannis is not the best scorer at all, but because his defense, because his length, because of his ability to get to the rim, that makes like even if he's having a bad shooting day, he can affect the game other places. Steph Curry. Steph Curry has gone has had games where they've gone he, he's gone 0 for 10 from 3. But with his ability to to shoot mid-range and get to the rim and get fouled and get other people involved in his handle, that's what makes him a superstar. I think we're starting to see Trey Young emerge from that star status because Trey Young is a star. Yes, he may not have been an All-NBA team. He may not have been an All-Star this year, but Trey Young is a star. Uh, the the Hawks would not the Hawks would be nowhere if they didn't have Trey Young, and. I think he's starting to emerge as that superstar status because we've seen Trey Young. This this playoffs had bad games. There was one game, I think he went like two for 15 against Philly. But yet his ability to get John Collins open, to get Chris Clint Capella shots, uh, to get Kevin Herter shots, to give Solomon Hill shots, to get Bogdanovich shots, like his ability to get his teammates involved is the 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 reason why they're still playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. So while and and I think the funny thing is a couple a couple uh episodes ago, probably 3 or 4, I did who's going to be the next 5. Uh you know, a lot of our stars that we're used to seeing LeBron, KD, Steph, you know, they're in their 30s like I think Steph is 33, I believe, KD is 32, I think, or 34 or something like that. Uh so they're, they're, they're going to – eventually they're going to be out the league. And I was, you know, I was saying who's going to be the next five. And it's funny that Trey Young was in my five. Or was he in my five? I think Trey Young was either in my five as five or he was just out of my five. <laughs> and ever since then, Trey Young's been going crazy. Uh, I Yeah, I think he's starting to emerge into that superstar status. Now, of course – we need to I don't think it matters if they win or lose this series. I think we need to continue to see him grow as far as cuz there's been people like there's been people that have incredible uh postseason runs 
but you know the next season they just weren't you know it so i do want to see you know especially next season if he's able to continue and grow on this what he's doing in the playoffs right now but i do think that he's starting to emerge as or starting to creep himself into that superstar status um now we need to ask i okay so i originally i'm looking at the landscape of the playoffs and I think this is it. This is the best shot that the Bucks are going to get to winning the championship. I, I believe this is it. They don't. They're the people that they. I mean, yeah, you you pretty much beat the Goliaths as as far as stars in the East on one team. You beat the you beat the Nets with no Kyrie, but KD was going crazy. James Harden was kind of uh, uh, hampered with his hamstring, but you don't have to see the Philadelphia 76ers. You don't that that's pretty much your the, the other I mean the only person you really have to worry about right now is Trey Young. Um if they don't win this year, and I said this about uh I said this about Philly. If they don't win and I said this about Utah, if they don't win this year, I don't know when they're gonna win. Because Again, there's always movement in the East. I mean, there's always movement in the offseason period, whether it's the East or the West. Say you make it to the finals. You don't have to go against Steph, uh, Clay, Dre in the, in the Golden State Warriors. You don't have to go against Utah, which is pretty much a complete team. You don't have to go against AD or LeBron. You don't have to go against Damian Lillard. You don't have to go against... Uh, Kawhi Leonard, if they make it, because reports are saying that he may not return for the playoffs. Uh, it's just this is their time. This is they're the best player in the in the playoffs right now is Giannis. They have the best player. They are the best defensive team outside. I mean, you can kind of argue the Clippers how they've been playing, but the the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team. The problem with Milwaukee, let's say this. The problem is with Milwaukee, and you see a lot of analysts say it, and and it's like they do not they 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 have a weird way of playing the the Bucks. The reason why I said that if they don't win it this year, I don't know if they'll ever win it with Giannis in this core, because the way that they play, they are a a humongous. They they are a huge team. You know you can you can. P.J. Tucker, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Um, these are some – Drew Holiday is not tall, but he's big in stature. Uh, Pat Connington, he's not tall, but he's big in stature. These are – this is a huge team. And now they aren't as big as Philadelphia 76ers, of course, but this is the, – the Bucks are a huge team, and it's like – if you don't win, like you, the Bucks. If you look at the landscape of who's still in the playoffs, the Bucks have a player for every team star player at this point. You can you can throw Drew first. You got to scheme around it, but you can throw Drew Holiday, PJ Tuck. You can throw players at Trey Young. Uh, if they make it to the finals, you can throw players at De- You can put Giannis. No, you can put PJ Tucker. Uh, Drew Holiday. You can put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. You can put P.J. Tucker and a litany of people on Devin Booker. 
you can put Brooke Lopez on on DeAndre Ayton. If they go against the Clippers, you can put Giannis on Paul George. You can put Drew Holiday on Reggie Jackson. Like they have a person for every star player right now for each team. The problem is what you saw game one. They'll, Drew Holiday will go, first of all, Drew Holiday will play god-awful the entire Brooklyn Nets series. Of course, they'll have a, a couple of big shots, and he had a couple big shots. Shots out to you. But he'll, they'll, he'll play god-awful an entire series, and then he'll drop 30 points. But a person, uh, first of all, Drew Holiday is an all-defensive all player. He'll, he'll let someone drop 48 on his head. 48 that's a pl- 48 for what a three a three-year player a third-year player Giannis on top to Giannis bro Giannis will give you 35 points unstoppable when he has a head full of or a head full of steam going to the rim yet and still there was a play in the game that pretty much summed it up for me like yeah they they're gonna lose this they're gonna lose this game Giannis had Giannis was in the paint. The paint. We know statistically Giannis, I think, is the best percentage shooter in the paint. He was in the paint with the ball and had Trey Young guarding him on his back. And instead of bulldozing it or, you know, backing down, getting a hook shot, my man Giannis took a fadeaway jumper. He did that against James Harden in the Brooklyn Nets series as well. It's like, Brooke, this team is is bigger. The Bucks are bigger than the Hawks. Yet and still, you know, Brooke Lopez, he's not going to go down low and bang anymore. Um, Giannis, he takes a lot of jump shots, even though he's one of the most unstoppable players in the paint or getting to the rim. Uh Chris Middleton, again, you don't know what you're going to get from him. If you have the all-star Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton is good, has a skill set to be a superstar, but he's just not because he's not consistent enough. If you, again, you don't know what you're going to get from Chris Middleton. It's, I think, the and I, and I agree with Chuck, 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 uh, Charles Barkley. I, I agree with Charles Barkley in the fact that the, the, the Bucks have enough to the Bucks have enough talent to win in that to win the NBA championship. It's just will their their play style get in the way of that? We're gonna have to see. But again, shouts out to 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 Trey Young because again nobody shouts out to Trey Young and the Hawks. Nobody expected them one to be in the Eastern Conference. Period. Hell, nobody really. I'm not gonna say nobody, but a lot of people didn't really expect them to beat the Knicks, especially with the year the Knicks had. But Shouts out to Trey Young for and the Hawks for making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and winning a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, of course, we'll see what happens tonight in Game Two, but you know we'll see. And then we move over to the the Western Conference Finals and the Clippers and uh, Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. The Clippers are down two games to one. Uh, now. We need to have a conversation about Paul George. Paul George has had an incredible, incredible, incredible run. Uh this 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 playoffs. He's played the most minutes in the playoffs. I didn't know that until they were saying the stat the other day. 
he played the most minutes in the playoffs by far. Um, and I think he scored a franchise record in the playoffs for the Clippers. I think it's like 300-something points, something like that. But, and this is why I question, we just talked about Trey Young, if, if he was a superstar or not. This is why I question if Paul George is a superstar, because Paul George has the supreme talent to be a, a superstar. Paul George in the regular season is a superstar. In the regular season, Paul George is a is a free, is a top ten player, in my opinion. In the regular season, and as we see in these playoffs, he's had now. When you, okay, so here's the thing: when your best player's out and you're pretty much the best player, efficiency doesn't really matter at this point. You just got to get shots up. And I think last game he shot like nine for 25 or something like that. Now, we did give you, what, 26, 27 points, uh, like 13 or 14 rebounds and eight assists. But it was an inefficient 25 points. I'll say this. Game three, no, game four will determine who wins this series, in my opinion. Right now, the Clippers are down 2-1. Uh, game three, there was a lot of things that were were kind of in the the Clippers' favor. First and foremost, it's the first game at home in the series. Uh, this was the first game Chris Paul has played since being out with COVID uh, in pro- COVID protocol. I think they said he hasn't played for 11 days, and he looked like it. He looked rusty. Uh, of course, g- game two... Devin Booker breaks his nose. So this is the first game Devin Booker plays with a mask. And you can clearly tell that it was restricting him. Uh, I mean, not everyone's rich Rip Hamilton. So, and I think, like, Devin Booker went 5 for 19. And, and, and Chris Paul went, like, 5 for 21. They went 10 for 40 combined. I don't see that's going to happen again. Now, the thing that I will say is this. The thing that – the reason why I talked about the Clippers – uh, in the when, when we talk about scheming against uh, a star player, is because the Clippers are doing a or the Clippers game three did a brilliant job in scheming against Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They put their best defenders on him and say, "Yo, we don't care if you score outside of Paul George. We don't care if you score. We need you to stop." Patrick Beverly, uh, Terrence Mann, Paul George, look. I don't care what you do outside of Paul George. I don't care if you score. You need to stop. I don't make it so uncomfortable for Devin Booker and make it uncomfortable for Chris Paul. And that's what they did. And and as you see, they missed 40 combined shots. So, oh no, they took 40 combined shots and only made 10 of them each. I mean, no, 10 of them together. So I think that the winner of game four, will win this series, in my opinion. This is the first, I mean, the the Suns were just on a nine-game win, nine game playoff win streak, which was a franchise record, and they were due for a bad game. Zubac outplayed DeAndre Ayton. Everyone pretty much on the Phoenix Suns got outplayed by everyone on the Clippers, except Rondo. Rondo was killing. I don't know what the hell was under Rondo, but Rondo was killing uh, his team, man. But, Again, um, I think that the winner of game four will win this series because while, yes, um, 
the Clippers are still going to be at home. I don't see Chris Paul having a bad, having as bad a game as he had in Game Three. I don't see Devin Booker, who recorded his first career triple double in the playoffs this year. I don't see him having a, another bad game. And don't be surprised if he, even though he does have a broken nose, don't be surprised if you see him ditch the uh, the mask because it's it's tough. Like as a basketball player, it's tough to wear something that. It's not just a mask. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's not just a mask. It's if you're a basketball player, you're used to wearing things. And if you have to put something else on or take something off, it's basketball players are are are, are known to, for their rhythm, they're known for their uh their routine. So, if their routine kind of gets or or they have to put something on or 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 take something off that they're used to or not used to, it's going to it's going to affect it. Like, for instance, I don't know if you remember, but let's just look at Steph Curry. Remember Steph, that one game, the game, it was maybe 2015, I believe. They were going up against, or no, 2000, yeah, 2015. They were going up against the Rockets. And Steph Curry had a bad fall and, like, bruised his, his elbow bone. The next game, he had to wear the arm sleeve. Now, people think it's just the arm sleeve. It is what it is. Steph Curry had a horrible shooting game, a horrible shooting first half. The next half, took the arm sleeve off, couldn't miss. Not every, like, it's. I know it's as simple as arm sleeve, but players are known for rhythm. And and when you have to wear a mask, that's kind of, that's constricting. It's like, it's you know how hard it is? First of all, I, I hoop damn near every day. Do you know how hard it was now, now that the mask mandate's kind of lifted? Do you know how hard it was to hoop in a, uh, a mask, let alone a face cover like mask? Like that... Yeah, bro. But again, I don't I don't see uh I don't see Devin Booker and Chris Paul having as bad a games as they had in game 3. So, if I don't see DeAndre, I don't see Zubash outplaying DeAndre Ayton again. I just now Cameron Payne, who by the way, we'll talk about in a second, but who by the way is having an incredible shout out to Cameron Payne, man. I was I was probably driving the Cameron Payne slander bus. People that see me on Twitter, you know. Like, I was driving the Cameron Payne slander bus. Like, I I don't know how many times I would... I was just questioning, why the hell... How the hell does Cameron Payne keep getting on a team? Because Cameron Payne was god-awful. All he's good for is that, like, I was just going crazy. So... I can't then see him balling out and hooping and not say nothing. So shouts out to Cameron Payne, man. You you definitely have changed my perception of you. Um and yeah, man, Cameron Payne got hurt, which which is a huge hit for the bench, especially with Chris Paul coming back. Yeah, I just I just don't these I don't I, I don't see them playing as bad as as they played in game game three. That is the 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 Phoenix Suns. On the Clippers side, Chris Paul had, I mean, no, Chris Paul. Uh, Paul George had, what, six turnovers? That can't happen. Um, and I think the defense that Patrick Beverly and Terrence Mann and Paul George is playing on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think that's sustainable. But it's just, is Paul George, like, is he going to be more efficient than nine for 26 or whatever? Is is Patrick Beverly going to first and foremost Patrick Beverly like hoisted like seven threes is he going to make threes like he's he's been I didn't I said hoisted I didn't say I think he only hit like two threes 
Like, is he is he going to hit his shots? Is Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann had an incredible third quarter. Is that going to continue? So, you know, I, I think whoever wins game four will win this series. I, I could be wrong, of course, but I just think game four is a pivotal game for uh, this series. So I'm ready to see it. Um, moving forward. We're seeing a lot of coaching changes in the league right now. Uh, of course, we know about Rick Carlisle leaving Dallas. Uh, of course, Scott Brooks leaving the the Wizards or getting fired from the Wizards. Brooke, uh, what's his name? Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens getting promoted to GM. We're seeing a lot of coaching vacancies, a coaching change. Terry Stotts is out for the the, uh, the 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 Trailblazers. So now with those vacancies being there, we're starting to see people fill those vacancies. Uh, Rick Carlisle leaves Dallas, goes to Pacers where he coached, I believe, in 2005, I believe. He is now the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. I think that's a pretty – that'll be a pretty good uh, – I don't know. I think that could be a pretty good uh, uh, hire. Of course, we saw what ha- you know how uh, what what happened towards the end in with Luca and Rick Carlisle. So if Rick Carlisle can connect with the players, then I'd be good. I think we're seeing. I think it says that the Trailblazers are finalizing a deal with Jason Kidd, another African American coach. Shouts out to you, man. Um, Jason Kidd's last stint as a head coach, I believe, was the Bucks, and we see. You know, Giannis was kind of pretty much upset when when they they pretty much sent Jason Kidd packing. Um, but the biggest to me, the biggest hire and the most important hire right now is the Celtics hire Eme Udo. Damn, my fault, yo. Eme Aduka. If I if I butchered your last name, I apologize. I. Ame Aduka to be their next head coach. Now he was the assistant coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. He was uh, most recently an assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets. He was one of the assistant coaches for uh, for Team USA. So he has a connection with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. Um, this to me, this move is huge because it's showing where the league is going like in 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 this this hire uh amay aduka this hire is complete contrast to this the stan van gundy hire the thing the reason why they hired amay aduka is because he's able to connect with the players First and foremost, he's an incredible coach. I think he is well-deserved. I mean, he's been an assistant coach for God knows how long. It's definitely well-deserved. But he, the reason why they hired him is because he, first, he's not he's not old. I think he's in his 30s or 40s, one of them two. Um, and he's able to connect with the players. The, young, the Coaches nowadays have to connect with the players because the players are, you know, the league does not expand if there's no players and it, he's young enough to, and he's have, a, he has a connection with Marcus smart. He has a connection with Jalen Brown. And most importantly, he has a connect with Jason Tatum, which is the Celtics best player. 
and, and I think you're going to start to see this a little bit more. Hell, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, I believe, going to the Portland Trailblazers, he's still young enough to connect with the players, and he's able to connect with their best player, which is Damian Lillard. Um, the reason why Stan Van Gundy, and we talked about this last episode, the reason why Stan Van Gundy didn't work is because he is an incredible, one of the best X and O's coach we've seen. Like, he can scheme the hell out of somebody, but he he is not able to connect and he's not a good people's person. He's not. He doesn't connect with his players well. And as we've seen, especially in today's game, that's not going to work. I mean, look at some of the best coaches out right now. You have Steve Kerr, who is an excellent play, uh, coach at connecting with players. Steve Nash, I'm not going to say some of the best, but look at look at the coaches around. Steve Kerr, Steve Nash, um, younger, younger, well, yeah, younger-ish coaches that are able to connect with players. It's like... You know, I think that's an that's a great hire. First and foremost, I think the third the third black coach, uh, or third or fourth, third or fourth black coach. I know Casey Jones. I know Bill Russell. I know uh, Doc Rivers. Is if I'm forgetting a black coach uh, for the Celtics, please let me know. But I think uh, the fourth black coach the the Celtics ever had. Um, I think it's a really, really good hire, and I think it's a very important hire. I think that, uh, I mean, you knew that the Celtics, wh- whoever Brad Stevens, this was Brad Stevens' pretty much first move outside of trading away Kimball Walker. You knew that he had to make, he had to get that right, especially how he how he left, how Don, uh, how Danny Ainge left, and what happened with Kimba. He needed to get this right, and I think he got this got this right the only the only thing i could have seen i think there's two coach there's two there's two places three places where i can see them getting either a black coach or a woman coach i think portland now quinn portland's more than likely going to get uh uh jason kidd washington and and the celtics and the celtics knocked out the park so shouts out to ame aduka and you know Shouts out to you, man. Shouts out to you. And I think that that's 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 going to be an incredible coaching hire. I think he is going. You're going to see an increase in wins. I think you're going to see an increase in morale. And you saw a lot of hell. You saw what Anthony Davis' father said. Uh, Blake Griffin. A report came out saying the reason why he went to Brooklyn instead of the Celtics is because players said they didn't like the 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 way that you know. The, the animosity and everything that was inside the locker room. I think that Ame Aduka is going to definitely change uh, the culture in Boston as far as the recent culture. So let's move forward. We talked about uh, we talked about Steve, Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr made news this week when he uh, he was on a, he was doing an interview. He's going to be one of the coaches for Team USA. And he made an interview saying that Kevin Durant is more skilled than Michael Jordan. And that set the world ablaze. Now, I wanted to do something. I wanted to give my top 10 most gifted. No, he didn't say most skilled. He said most gifted player. He said Kevin Durant is more gifted than uh, than Michael Jordan. And again, set the world ablaze. I what I wanted to do is I wanted to give my most gifted uh, award. I wanted to see, tell who I thought was the most gifted players to ever play. Now, 
Before we do that, we need to understand what gifted means. Gifted does not mean the best player ever. It doesn't mean the best players. I don't think Kevin Durant is better than Michael Jordan, but and we'll, you'll you'll hear my list in a second. I do think that Steve Kerr had a had a point where he's saying that he's more gifted than than Michael Jordan. Again, gifted uh, Zion is an incredibly gifted player, but I don't think he's uh, the best player in the league. You know, so here's my top ten gifted players. Now, now for actually before I do that, what is gifted? To me, gifted is talent. Gift or like not talent. Gifted is you do something that nobody else can do, or you just don't look like everyone else in the league. Whether that's your skill, something about your skill set, something about the the God given ta- ability, or the God given abilities, or God given attributes, body attributes that you have. That to me is what uh, that to me kind of determines gifted in my opinion you can be the most skilled player or gifted player but doesn't mean you're necessarily the best player i mean we'll, we'll talk about it first and foremost I, here's my top 10 most gifted players number 10 i get will chamberlain now the reason why he's at number 10 is because will chamberlain was just you you saw a little old not little but you saw old clips of will his he was running like a good sale he could he could assist the ball. I mean, he has a 100-point game. He has several 70s, 80s, 90-point games. The, the reason why I say he's the 10th most gifted is because, again, he was just doing things that nobody was doing. Now, again, I understand that the, the talent in the league wasn't where it's at uh, right now than it was back then. But even still, Wilt was, what, seven, six, eleven, seven feet over here running like a freaking gazelle and he was quick and I remember they said that he had an interview and he said I'm I don't feel like scoring this season so I'm gonna I'm gonna lead the league and assist and he did that like Will Chamberlain was skilled I mean was a gifted gifted player now and Will Chamberlain I don't think he'd be as you know I don't think I, Will Chamberlain. You have to have another record book for him because uh, just just the things he was doing. Now again, I understand the talent level wasn't where it is today around him, but Will was just doing things that was just incredible, and and and, and that's why when you look at some of the records that he holds, you looking like yeah, ain't nobody ever gonna touch those. So I have Will at ten. Number nine, I have Dwight Howard. People, I know, whoa, 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 you hear that? People was just, people already turning off the episode. People are getting ready to to start clicking in like, you're crazy. People do not, for, people forget that when Dwight Howard was in Orlando, if it wasn't for, like, Dwight Howard was, he looked different than anyone else. He was just, he could jump higher than anyone else. He was stronger than anyone else. Hell, Dwight Howard was so good. He did not develop. He he didn't develop again. Like he did not develop a skill. Like he couldn't do a really good hook hook shot. He didn't have post moves. Yet and still, there was no argument who was the best center at the time for a while. I think he finished second in MVP of the year. Derrick Rose won. Like Dwight Howard was incredible. That is that was a gifted individual, and the only reason why he had a decline. And it even wasn't. Now I understand that what happened in uh, 
LA wasn't the same that well he wasn't the same player that he was in Orlando. The thing was again it was his back. So Dwight Howard is number nine for me as most gifted. Number eight I have Westbrook. To me Westbrook we're I don't think we'll ever see a guard as gift as physically and physically gifted as Westbrook. I mean his energy, his bounce ability. I mean he. He is six three with the with the most triple doubles in the in league history, I believe, in the regular season. Like that that is a feat that you I don't think we'll ever see, especially with the players coming. Like well, I don't think you'll ever see that. And this is coming off of somebody that really can't shoot. So the fact that you're getting all these assists, getting all these points, getting all these rebounds, and again, we I don't now I think Derrick Rose could have made this list, but. If it wasn't for injuries, especially early in his career, and shouts out to Derrick Rose for still playing, you know, through all that. But I don't think we'll ever see a player like Russell Westbrook, and uh, because of the God, you know, his energy and, and it's just Westbrook just looks different than everyone else, and he's not—he's only six three. So I have Westbrook at number eight. At number seven, I have T-Mac. A lot of people forget how good T-Mac was because of the injuries. And I, his, there does have something, something does have to be said about his, uh, his, his playoff record. But T-Mac just looked different from everyone else. He was like, he was, he was shorter than Kevin Durant, but he was just as lengthy as, as lanky as Kevin Durant. His scoring ability was crazy. His bounce ability was crazy. Uh, he just T Mac just looked different from everyone else. T Mac was incredible, and I think that's another player that injuries kind of robbed him of his of his uh peak, I guess. Because I mean, we know about the the foot leg injuries, the back injury, the shoulder injury. Like he just his body just his body just gave out on him. But T Mac at his peak was incredibly gifted, especially even. Yeah, he he could score with the best of them too. Uh, he's one of the best. Hell, you 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 listen to the great Kobe or late great Kobe Bryant saying that T Mac was one of the T Mac was him. So uh, I have T Mac at number seven. At number six, I have Vince Carter. Man, look look at look at <laughs> look at Vince Carter from the beginning of his career. In fact, look at Vince Carter at U UNC. Vince Carter just looked different from everyone else in UNC. And when he got to the league, he couldn't really shoot, but he could score. And, of course, his dunking ability was second to none. And look at Vince Carter at the end of his career. It kind of It's kind of like Jason Kidd. When he, went, when he got into the league, Jason, I mean, Vince Carter was a raw, raw talent. He could... He could dunk on anyone, and he was dunking on anyone. Of course, we know about the famous Team USA dunk, but he wasn't that good of a shooter. Then, of course, when his career started to grow and bloom in Orlando, I mean, in in uh, in Toronto, especially we remember the series with against the 76ers, he started to be able to score and his scoring ability started to increase. And he was dropping 50s against Allen Iverson in the Sixers, like. And his bounce ability was still there. And then, of course, he moves on. And and if you look towards the end of his career, he became one of the most lethal three-point shooters in the league. Like, Vince Carter, he just looked different. 
his bounce was different. And 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 that's that's something that you see a lot from these players. They just look different and they just do things that other players just can't do. So that's why I have Vince uh Vince Carter at number six. Number five at Dr. J. Now <laughs> I don't know if you have you seen Dr. J's arms? Like this man has the longest arms known to man. And the fact that what he was doing you know, before and after the merger, and he he was probably one of the biggest reasons why uh, segregation was still there. The way he was just destroying white people, bro, like it was bad. Him and Wilt, man, <laughs> him and Wilt was killing people. And Doctor J, his bounce ability, and and a lot of these, when I say gifted, a lot of yeah, you can do calf raises and you can do jumping, jumping. I guess jumping drills, but you're never going to be able to jump. It doesn't matter if I can do, I can do jumping drills and calf raises and squats and whatever for the rest of my life. I will never be able to dunk as good as Vince Carter. I will never to be able to dunk and move as gracefully as Dr. J and Hey, Dr. And Dr. J, of course, like I said, the talent level back then wasn't in today. But Dr. J was playing. I mean, Dr. J, that's Dr. J. He was playing against George Gervin. He was playing against some great, great player, uh, uh, Larry Bird. Like, that's Dr. J. Magic Johnson was out. So I have Dr. J at number five. Number four, I have Dominique Wilkins. Just look at Dominique. Just just look at Dominique Wilkins walk. Look out look, and look at the dunks he was <laughs> look at the dunks Dominique Wilkins was doing in in these in-game dunks. Dominique Wilkins was the first Vince Carter. Now Vince Carter to me kind of e- eclipsed him as far as talent in my opinion. But Dominique Wilkins, bro, oh man. Do, like Dominique Wilkins was doing things that that was unforeseen. Like the, the the thing that really hurt Dominique was, uh, of course, injuries, and he didn't really have the Hawks team that he played with sucked. But Dominique, bro, just just look at some, just just go type in Dominique and look at some highlights. Look at the way he was dunking on people. Look at the way he was he was jumping off the floor. Like just look at it. Just look at it. Dominique, Dominique. It's yeah, Dominique Wilkins was incredible, bro. And the fact is, Dominique Wilkins' body, like his skill, his body was he was man, it's hard. Dominique Wilkins, bro, that's number four. Number three, I have Magic Magic Jordan. I'm Magic Jordan. <laughs> I have Michael Jordan. Doesn't really much need to be said. Michael Jordan, arguably greatest player of all time. Um, he just looked different. You look at his, you look at his era. He he was doing things offensively. He was doing he was his bounceability, his defense, his tenacity, his aggressiveness. He was just doing things unforeseen. Like he was doing things we've never seen. And he was it was crazy, man. He was leaps and bounds better than every single person in the league when when he was at his peak. Like Charles Barkley was in the league. Uh uh, uh, Gary Payton was in the league. Isaiah Thomas was in the league. Matt, like he was leaps and bounds better than every single person in the league. And I mean, <laughs> it was it was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was just in a in a class of his own. So I have Michael Jordan number three. Number two, I have Kevin Durant, and I put him at number two is because same thing that Steve Kerr said. Kevin Durant is seven feet tall. Have have handles like a guard. 
has shooting ability like a guard. And the fact that he is seven feet and his arms are so long, his legs are so long, you can it's you can't really contest it because the ball is he's releasing the ball at such a high point. Um and he just has the intangibles. Now people can hate Kevin Durant for the decisions that he made with his career. It is what it is. But you can't lie and say Kevin Durant is not one of if the most gifted player. Cause there we've never seen a player like Kevin Durant. That's another a lot of the, most of these players, we've never seen a player like I, I've never seen a player like Vince Carter. I've never seen a player like Dominique Wilkins uh, at his peak with his uh, with his athletic ability and his bounce ability. I've never seen a player like Dwight Howard. Not saying these are like all time great or whatever. I'm not saying these are the greatest players or everything, but I've never seen a player as physically imposing outs like with the athleticism that Dwight Howard did when he was in Orlando. Like, we've never seen players like this. And Kevin Durant, you never see a player like that. We've never seen a player that tall, that with that handle, that shooting ability. We've never seen it. So that's why I have Kevin Durant at number two. And number one, I mean, people can say he's not skilled or whatever because he can't. he's not the greatest shooter. But LeBron James is the most skilled player, first of all. I think was it the last the last two years was the first two years he had he had some serious injuries and one of them is because a a, a person dived at his ankle. LeBron James, his scoring ability, his his body, his his strength, his defense, his his court vision. LeBron, there is never going to be a LeBron James. There is never going to be any player that is like LeBron James. And it's not just because of basketball skills. It's just because of everything else. There's no one that's going to take their body as seriously and and have that God-given frame as LeBron James. It's just never going to happen. There's never going to be someone that, <sighs> yeah, LeBron James is is different, man. Is LeBron James is different. I mean, he's arguably one of the greatest players of all, if not the greatest player of all time. That's LeBron James. So I have LeBron James as my most gifted player to ever play. Now I'm almost sure. I'm 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 pretty sure that people are not gonna agree with some of this list. So if you don't agree, put in the put in the comments down low. We'll talk about it. Who who's somebody that I left out? Who's somebody that you agree with me with? Who do you think is too high? Who do you think is too low? Let me know. Put in the comments. We'll talk about it. But that is my top 10 most gifted players the NBA has ever seen. Also, if you like it, let me know if you want me to do uh, top 10 gifted players ever as far as not just NBA. You know, we can throw in Bo Jackson in there, Deion Sanders, uh, Anderson Silva, John Bones Jones. Let me know. I'll do it. But that is my top 10 most gifted players to ever play in the NBA. And lastly... <laughs> the NBA lottery happened uh, this week, and Detroit got the number one overall pick, followed by Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. Um, we talk about this a lot, and I talked about Cameron Payne. I said I was going to talk about him again, but fit is so important in sports. People don't people don't really think of it as as that important, but fit is so important. You have to be able to. Your fit matters as much. You can be an incredible player, but the fit just doesn't work. Look at again, look at uh look at Dominique Wilkins. 
went to Atlanta. Atlanta didn't have much for him. I'm almost sure if he would have went to a, a better team, he probably would have won a championship because of just how good he was. But the fit just doesn't work. Look at now, that is the team. He's still great, but the team just wasn't good. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, people were ready to write him off because of how bad he was playing in Miami. You go to Tennessee, now he's one of the best quarterbacks we've statistically that we've seen in a while. Look at Cameron Payne. It didn't work in OKC. It didn't work in Toronto. It didn't work in Cleveland. He had to go overseas a couple times. He had to go in the G League a couple times. Now Cameron Payne is looking incredible in this Clippers and Sun series. Fit is everything. So congratulations to the Detroit Pistons for getting the number one overall pick. But it's more, more than likely they're going to pick uh, Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Now, I'm not here saying, you know, you shouldn't get drafted. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying, you know, his his career is going to be ruined. But And I'm not saying that he's just not going to be good because more than likely he's going to go to Detroit. What I'm going to say is I hope that his fit – I hope that this works for him. And I hope that – because more than likely they're going to pick him. Uh, I mean, Evan Mobley is going to be in the, in the draft, but I don't think he's better than Kay Cunningham. You have Jalen Green that plays for the G League right now. You have Jalen Suggs coming out of Gonzaga. There's a lot of good top this, – this draft is very top-heavy, especially top five. Um, but Kay Cunningham is pretty much the player that's going to be. And I just hope – because we've seen – we've seen – Detroit has not done a good job at drafting, even though a couple of their players this year were on the all-rookie, I think, second team. But a lot of that was because there wasn't really a lot of spectacular rookies um, this year. But I just hope that, you know, Cade, I hope he, I hope that if, if the fit doesn't work for him, I just hope that he's able to I hope he's able to have the best career possible, whether he goes. So, and and more than likely, Detroit's going to pick him. So, I just I just hope the best. Um, you know, Houston. Everyone's saying Mobley should be the second overall pick, but we know Houston. They're 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 like allergic to bigs, uh, and I don't think that Mobley will be good with Christian Wood. I just don't. I think they kind of have the same skill set. So I I can see Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green going to Houston, both guards. And, of course, we don't know what's going to happen with John Wall in Houston. Cleveland. Cleveland loves bigs. Cleveland wraps their arms around bigs. So I think this is going to go to Evan Mobley. Uh, and, of course, Toronto, they're going to get whatever Jalen wasn't picked, the other Jalen's going. So uh, those, you know, shouts out to Detroit for getting the number one overall pick. And I'm excited to see who gets drafted. So. The Wizards, I think they're at 15. You know, the worst thing you want to be in the league is in the middle. Because in the middle, you're not as you're not terrible, but you're not good. So you're just in the middle. And in the middle ain't never gonna win you a championship. And people that people that stay in the middle, like leagues that stay in the middle, like organizations that in the middle, a lot of them don't know how to get up from the middle to the elite. So the Wizards, I think they're drafting 15th because they want to be so good and make it to the playoffs just to get just to lose 4-1 to the um the the Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh yeah, shouts out to all the players that's gonna get drafted. So 
And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Um, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. So anything will definitely help. It would mean a lot. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweatshirt, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Hey, man. Look, I, you know, I have different different types, like you, like you can see. Uh, I've, you know, I wear a shirt every episode pretty much and this all looks for, just go get you a shirt man <laughs> just go get you just go get your unpopular podcast merch again i love you guys and thank you for the support that you continuously give me and until next time much love <sighs>
me.